Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always Hot Copy. Now, listen to today's new and exciting episode, Appointment with Death, adapted from the original script as broadcast on radio on Sunday, July 30th, 1944. Yes? Who is it? Miller, sir. Henry Miller. Miller? Good. Just a moment. Come in, quickly. Did anyone see you coming here, Miller? No, Excellency. I was very careful, and this hotel is one of the most discreet hotels in the city. Quite. That is why it is our headquarters. Now, sit down, Muller. Would you like a drink? Why, thanks, Herr Hartmann von Kalb. I give you a toast to the Fatherland, Muller. The Fatherland! Deutschland über alles! Ah, these American pigs at least know how to indulge their vices. Well, Müller, I suppose you are wondering why I sent for you. As a matter of fact, sir, yes. I thought it was agreed that I was to remain aloof from the organization at all times. True, but my need of you today was immediate and urgent, Müller. You have done excellent work for our cause. Thank you, Herr Hoffman. I've always tried to help. And you have succeeded magnificently. It is not even guessed that Henry Miller, foreign news editor, is really German agent Heinrich Müller. Your position has enabled you to supply us with vital information. I was fortunate, sir, in having established myself in America before the war broke out. Yes, the Third Reich is deeply appreciative of your efforts. And now, Müller, we have one final service to ask of you. One... one final service, sir? Yes, Müller. That is what I said. But... but I don't understand, sir. Ah, come, Müller. Let us be perfectly frank with each other. This is no time for daydreaming. You are an intelligent man. You have followed the war news from practically every battlefield in Europe. 
Well, of course, sir, but... Then it must be perfectly obvious to you, as it is to our general staff, that Germany will lose this war. Lose? But, Your Excellency, our Führer... He is a fool! A bleating, delusional fool! If he had listened to the military wisdom of his generals instead of his instinct, his inner voices, the war would be over by now. But instead, it was he who failed to invade England when it was at its weakest. It was he who insisted on marching into Russia, where our troops were bogged down in mud and snow and slaughtered like cattle. But, but... Hitler and his entire Nazi party are doomed. <sighs> Very soon now, we plan to discard him, just as Italy overthrew that bragging clown Mussolini. Then we, the German military, shall issue an official call for peace. A call for the war to be over. Peace? But that means defeat. Ah, Perhaps, Müller, but only technically. Listen, Germany will lose the war. Yes, that much is true, but... But? But we do not mean to lose the peace that follows. Now do you understand? Well, sir, I... We must plan, and we must plan now. For the very near future, when the sacred soil of Germany will feel the marching boots of invading troops. Otherwise, if we fail to plan before the war ends, who knows what might happen? Our great nation might be broken up into a dozen weak and worthless principalities. We must prevent any such disaster. Therefore, we must convince the U.S., and the other democracies, that the German military had waged war only because it was forced to by the bloodthirsty demands of Hitler and the Nazi party. Precisely, Müller. I've always said you were an intelligent man. We will tell the world that this war was simply Hitler's idea, just him and his cronies, not the rest of us. The people of Germany are people... Of good cheer, not warmongers. We like beer, a pipe, happy music, <laughs> not war. I don't think it will be very hard to convince. But what is it that you wish me to do, sir? I need your advice and assistance. Müller, in your opinion, what colonists have the most influence over the greatest number of American newspaper readers today. Well, sir, that's hard to say. But if you had to choose one or two? Then I would say one of them is Anne Rogers, a woman who writes a column called Second Glance. Oh, and why? Well, first, tremendous circulation. Second, because she is read by both men and women, the men respect her logic. The women like her open-minded approach to the topic she writes about, and her feminine intuition. Good. Just as I thought. Then, Müller, do you think it would help us 
to obtain Miss Rogers' help in our propaganda campaign? <laughs> Think? I know it would. But that's impossible. Miss Rogers writes as she pleases. She would never put herself under our thumb. Yes, but... <laughs> I have a little surprise for you in the other room. Are you there, my dear? Yes, Herr Hauptmann. Coming. Hello, Hank. Anne? Anne Rogers? But I... I didn't know. Herr Hauptmann, I had no idea that Miss Rogers was working with us. <laughs> uh, she's not, Mueller. What? Then... Then why is she here? Uh, Mira, uh, the young lady in front of you is not Anne Rogers. Uh, permit me to introduce her to you. Mr. Mueller, the Countess Maria Theresa Katharina van Hollenstahl. How do you do, Mr. Mueller? <laughs> or should I continue to call you Hank? Your Highness, but... But you're the living image of Anne Rogers. Your voice, your manner, your... Your... It seems I pass inspection, Herr Hauptmann. Yes, indeed. And you've known the real Anne Rogers for how long, Miller? Oh, about five years. We work in the same office. Exactly. So, if the Countess can fool you, she can fool anyone. Yes. That is, unless she were to say or do something that the real Anne Rogers wouldn't. Ah, yes, but... She won't, Mueller. That is why you are here. We have already made a painstaking study of Miss Rogers. Her life history, her personal likes and dislikes, her habits. We know how she eats and dresses and amuses herself. The only thing with which we are not completely familiar is her office routine. But with your assistance, the Countess will familiarize herself with those matters. And then, sir? At that point, our plan is beautifully simple. After the Countess has perfected her role, you will bring Miss Rogers to this hotel, and then... All right, Dictaphone, you get going. I've got to get Anne's new column transcribed in a hurry. I guess we're just about... Here! It's not to coddle them, but to combine benevolence with the recognition that they are, after all, captured enemies of our nation. You tell them, Annie. I wish I was a god in a prison camp. The first coddled Nazi who asked me for a bottle of Coke would get it right on the conk. Those dirty punks. If my mother hadn't brought me up to be a lady, I'd like to smash their grinning faces that's exactly what I do. I... Oh, Sprightly! Sprightly! Yes? You calling me, Annie? Sprightly Pool, what on earth is the matter? Why are you sitting here talking to yourself? 
Annie, why do you dictate columns like this? You know they make my blood boil. Why? What's wrong with the column? You know what I mean. All this fuss about enemy prisoners. Now, Sprightly, I know war's a mean, brutal business, but there are certain rules that must be observed by both sides, and I happen to believe that it's my duty to occasionally remind my readers of those rules, intelligently and logically. Duty. Logic. Annie. I'm starting to logically believe that you'd be fair-minded and kind-hearted if you sat in judgment on the devil himself. <laughs> oh, Sprightly, you're incorrigible. By the way, has Hank come by? Hank Miller? That... No. Oh, come on now, Sprightly. Don't tell me that Hank Miller is another man you don't like. You bet I don't. He looks like something that crawled out of the wall. I haven't liked him for the last four years. How long have you known him? Four years, this month. What does he want, anyway? I don't know exactly. He's supposed to meet me here at about 4.30. Why? For what? He wants me to meet some refugee from Austria. He thought I might get some material for a column. Well, you just be careful and keep your eyes open. That guy Miller is a wolf in cheap clothing. Oh, Sprightly. Now, what about this column? Do you want to proofread it when I'm finished? No, I'm sure it'll be fine. You take care of it. Okay. And how about Wednesday's column? I'll record it tonight at home on the dictaphone and bring the cylinders in tomorrow morning, as usual. Hello, Anne. Ready? Hello, Sprightly. Yes, I'll be right with you, Hank. Bye, Sprightly. So long, Sugar Plum, and hold on to your purse. You really think I can get a good story out of this Austrian, Hank? Anne, you're going to get the real inside story on the Austrian underground. Ah, here we are. Hotel Metropolis? But why the side entrance? It's closer to the elevators. Come on. Go ahead, Anne. We get off on the third floor. Here we are, third floor. Which room? 304. Here we are. This is the room. Yes? Who is it? Miller, sir. Sir? Hank? Why did you call him? Just a moment. 
Ah, Miller, you've brought Miss Rogers. Good. Step inside, please. No. Wait a minute. Hank, what's going on? That door was bolted. And this man has a gun. Anne, please, don't argue. Bring her inside, quickly. There's no time to waste, Mueller. Mueller? Who? Hank, let go of my arm. How dare you? What? Now, Miss Rogers, if you are reasonable, you will come to no harm. Come to no... Hank, what is this? Why did you force me into this room? Who is this man? Permit me to introduce myself, Miss Rogers. I am Herr Hauptmann Erich von Kalb of the German General Staff. At your service. German gen... This is a trap. Hank, we need to get out of here. <laughs> Very good, Müller. Tricking her to come here. Thank you, sir. Help! Anyone in the hall? Help me! Miss Rogers, you may scream all you want to. It will do you no good. These rooms are soundproofed. That is why we selected this hotel. Miller? Mueller? Then you. You. You're one of them. You led me into this. Try to be sensible, Anne. Don't even speak to me, you imbecile. Mm, spirited, too. <laughs> Make a note of that, Countess. Such details are an important part of your masquerade. Masquerade? Who? <gasps> oh! Come closer, Countess, so that Miss Rogers can see you better. There. Are you surprised, Miss Rogers? How do you do, Miss Rogers? The Countess Maria Theresa Katharina van Hohenstallen. But, but she looks like me. She even talks like me. Precisely. It is rather like looking into a mirror, isn't it? And now, Miss Rogers, to business. We did not bring you here to be amused by resemblances. There's work to be done. Work? We have read and admired your newspaper column, Second Glance. We wish you to write several columns for us, along lines which we shall outline. You mean you want me to turn Second Glance into a lying propaganda instrument? Please, Miss Rogers, what we ask is so simple. A few paragraphs written from time to time, as we desire. And, if I refuse? Ah, but you will not refuse. You must be insane. I'm well known in the city. If I disappeared suddenly, they'll search the town high and low. But you won't disappear, Miss Rogers. The Countess will see to that. That's right, my dear. You will appear at your office and dine at your favorite restaurants and sleep in your apartment. Then when we feel our work is done, you'll be taken ill. You will ask for a leave of absence and you'll go up to a summer cabin in the Catskills. And, by unhappy circumstance, you might have an accident. While swimming, perhaps. The Countess is so perfectly your double that she could continue playing the role of Anne Rogers indefinitely, except for a single talent the Countess cannot duplicate. Your gift for creative writing. That is why you must write these columns for us. I see. And if I still refuse? Anne, don't be stupid. 
I'm not being stupid, Mr. Miller. Mueller. No, I am seeing things more clearly than ever before in my life. Furthermore, threats against my life don't frighten me. Admirable. But we must not always think only of ourselves, must we, Miss Rogers? Ourselves? I don't understand. Well, you see, we Germans are a very thorough people. In preparing our plan, we made a careful study of your life, your habits, your background. That doesn't make the slightest... Your love life. My... you said... my... Yes. And among other interesting data, we learned of, specifically, a certain young man, an aviator who is now imprisoned in one of our German camps. His name is Carter, Lieutenant Douglas Carter. I believe you know this young man very well. No, I don't know him. I've never heard his name in my life. No? How strange. He carries your picture in his wallet. All right, then. I do know him. He was my boyfriend in high school. We drifted apart after we graduated. I went to college. He joined the army. I haven't seen him since then. So, I have no idea why he still has my picture. But what does he got to do? Nothing, Miss Rogers. Nothing at all. If you are cooperative. But if you prove difficult, I might find it necessary to communicate with my colleagues in Germany. I don't think you'd want that to happen, would you, Miss Rogers? You? What? Do you think you could frighten Doug any more than me? I'm sure he'd rather die than see me give in. Yes, of course, but you see, Miss Rogers, Lieutenant Carter would not die quickly. No, not for a long, long time. And his last hours might be quite unpleasant. No, you wouldn't. Ah, but we would, Miss Rogers. But if I write as you wish, he will not be harmed? He will not be harmed. I give you my word of honor. Never mind about your word of honor, Herr Hopman. What is it that you wish me to write? We will return to today's episode of Hot Copy in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome. If you like stories of secrets, you'll love Spy Sisters, a special edition from True Spies, showcasing the incredible women who've run some of the world's greatest espionage operations. From heroines of World War II... You knew that their life was what you were trying to save. ...to the brains behind contemporary missions. And they were armed with long guns. You'll meet the amazing women who navigate this secret world. I destroyed all the records that I had at the house and the office. I felt like I had a target on my back. I thought, they just might shoot me. What do they know? All I knew is I had to get out. I had to save these women. What are their skills? I had no compass, no map. And what would you do? 
in their position. There were wiretaps under some of the desks. We ended up having to walk out into this bombing campaign. I have no regrets. He killed so many innocent people. He is such a true monster. I knew I would either escape or die. Subscribe to Spy Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Hot Copy. Anne Rogers is in the hotel suite of German agent Hauptmann von Kalb, who seeks to force her to write columns of pro-German propaganda. Meanwhile, the Countess Maria von Hohenstalen, Anne's perfect double, stands by, ready to assume the role of Anne Rogers. In the post-war world, we must be generous to the people of Germany who were not in any way responsible for the disaster which overwhelmed them. Nazi agents, underline those two words sprightly, were to blame for what has happened, and when we come to, underline that sprightly, the judgment day, we must not condemn. Working hard at the dictaphone, Miss Rogers? And uh, how is the column coming along? Very well, thank you. Now... If you'll be kind enough to leave me alone. I would like to hear what you have written so far. You have no objection, I assume? None whatsoever. Good, good. Uh, Come closer, Countess. You too, Mueller. You will want to hear this dictaphone recording also. Are you interested in our post-war treatment of Germany? I am. Underline those two words, Sprightly. I feel that we should not act with spiteful vengeance towards the Germans, but should bend every effort. Excellent, Miss Rogers. Uh, What do you think, Mueller? Hmm, I don't know. Something sounds phony. All of that, underline those words, Sprightly. I think we had better listen to the entire recording and write down those underlined words. We may discover something. There. You see, Herr Hopman? Just as I thought. These underlined words make a message. Let me see. I am held by a group of Nazi agents. Come to... <laughs> Most ingenious, Miss Rogers. But, as you see, we too are clever. Yes, I see. And we are also impatient. I want a finished column tonight. A column without any tricks or any attempt at hidden messages. I hope you have no objection to punctuation. I object to nothing except further attempts at deception. Now, come along, Countess. You too, Miller. And now, where were we? Ah, yes, you were telling the Countess about Miss Rogers' daily habits. Well, I think we've covered almost everything. Yes. (laughs) Miss Rogers arrives at her office, reads her mail, frequently leaves immediately afterward in search of material for her column. I think she will do that tomorrow to avoid the scrutiny of this sprightly pool person. That would be wise. Sprightly is no fool. 
Now, sometimes you'll hear that girl clatter and whine on and on about how thinking is hard for her. But nothing could be further from the truth. Oh, here's another little thing. If Sprightly offers candy to Anne, as she probably will... She always refuses, but then always gives in to her sweet tooth a moment later. <laughs> Good. Good. It is the tiny, intimate touches like that which will make the impersonation perfect. Now, about clothing. Tomorrow morning, Countess, you will change clothes with Miss Rogers. Oh, no, Herr Hauptmann. Her rings, yes, but not the clothing that she is wearing today. Anne Rogers is too stylish a girl to wear the same clothes on two consecutive days. It would be much better for her to wear something else, something new. Well, I will leave the feminine psychology to you. Uh, anything else, Mueller? No, except, well, after she's written the columns we want. Yes. Are you really going to free her as you said? That would be extremely dangerous, I think. My dear Mueller, of course not. We can never risk releasing Miss Rogers. She knows entirely too much. That's that. Now I can relax and simply let my arteries harden till Anne comes in and dumps another load of grief in my lap. Oh, no rest for the wicked. Morning, Sprightly. Hi, Sugar. How's by you on this bright a.m.? Just fine, Sprightly. Here's some work to keep your idle hands out of mischief. Any mail? Loads. Here you go. Man, new dress, Annie. Turn around and let me see. Like it? Yummy. And say, new shoes too. But, well, I'd better get at this mail. I have to leave early, Sprightly. Uh, wait a minute, Annie. Have a piece of candy? Now, Sprightly, you know I'm off sweets, but, well, if you insist. Just this once, though. Temptress! <laughs> now, put those chocolates away. I've got work to do. I'll be in my office. See you later. Well, I'll be darned. What's come over? Oh, well, I've got things to do, too. I think I'll start with these new dictaphone recordings. Wonder what Anne is going to talk about this time. The Initial Problem of Postwar Germany Ugh. She's going to put me in a lather again. Good morning, Sprightly. Is Anne in? Oh, hello, Mr. Graham. Yes, in her office. Oh, good. I want to... Why, 
What's the matter, Sprightly? I don't know. This recording... There's something strange. Strange? What do you mean? That's just it. I don't know. Listen. The Initial Problem of Postwar Germany. Paragraph. However long this war lasts, when Germany ultimately collapses. Well, what's wrong with that? I told you, I don't... Shh! Here she comes. Here who comes? Sprightly, one of... Please, Mr. Graham, don't say a word to Anne about... about what I've just been saying. No, of course not. But I still don't understand. Morning, Mr. Graham. Sprightly, I've got to run out for a while. I'll be back later. Anne, uh, I wanted to ask you about... Can it wait until I get back, Mr. Graham? I've got something to do that I just can't delay. Why, yes, of course, it's not important. Thank you. Then I'll run along now. Oh, Anne, suppose Mr. Todd calls. Todd? Mr. Todd? Yes, about the January Wobon drive. Tell him I'll call after lunch. Well, bye now, everybody. Now, Sprightly, what's all the mystery about? Anne. Anne? Yes, and shoes and chocolates and Mr. Todd. Todd? What's mysterious about Mr. Todd? That Anne would know his name. I've never heard of Mr. Todd in my life until I invented him today. You never heard of him? Look, Mr. Graham, I've got pretty good common sense. Don't I? Uh, Brightly, you, you, you are a most, uh, well, yes. Then listen and hold on to your hat. That girl who just walked out of here is not Ann Rogers. What? No, Sprightly. Oh, I know. She looks like Ann and she talks like Ann, but she's a fake. Sprightly, do you think Anne's been kidnapped? That's exactly what I think. Then why didn't you say something? We should have followed that, uh, that, that woman. And let her know that we're suspicious? No, it might be dangerous to Anne. But Anne, where is she? Wait, I think Anne told me. Told you? Yes, listen. Listen to the dictaphone again. Reasonable. Paragraph. Open discussion over a conference table should... That's Anne's voice. And Anne's message. Now, out of my way, Chief, I've got to type this column and find out what her message is. Really, Miss Rogers, we are not as bad as we have been painted. All that Germany desires 
is its rightful place in world affairs. You mean a super place, don't you? For your race of supermen? There is no need for sarcasm. Ah, that will be the Countess. Let her in. Yes, sir. Well, my dear, everything went smoothly? Like clockwork. Ha! Miller. You are wrong about Sprightly Pool. There is nothing shrewd about her. She complimented my clothing and offered me candy, just as you said she would. You refused, then took a piece anyway. Of course. I left her typing our first column. So, has Miss Rogers started the second? Not yet. Shortly. Fine, fine. Oh, one more thing. When I return, I must call him Mr. Todd. Miss Rogers, what shall I say to him? Who? Mr. Who? Todd. Anne knows no Mr. Todd. I, I do. He, he's... Well? Uh, he's the... Who is he? He's connected with the Daily Sentinel, our main competitor. How strange. Miss Poole said he was calling about the January war bond drive. Yes, that's right. He's the chairman. That's a lie. So, Countess, Sprightly Poole was not shrewd, eh? Well, she was shrewd enough to see right through your masquerade and trap you into pretending you knew someone you don't know. I questioned the name when she first mentioned him, but she seemed so sure, so confident. That you admitted knowing him? and overturned all our plans. You fool. You stupid, blundering little idiot. But, but, how could she suspect me? I didn't do a thing, say a thing, that Anne Rogers herself wouldn't do or say. Silence! Let me think. Luckily, we are safe. Our plan has failed. They won't run that column. But... They don't know where to find us. Unless someone followed you? No, that I am sure of. I came here by a roundabout way. I stopped in several shops, watched carefully to see I was not followed. Good. Then we can still make our getaway. Go to the railway station, Mueller, quickly. Get three tickets to Philadelphia. Three tickets, Herr Hopman? But what about Miss Rogers? We can't leave her here to talk. We will leave her here, but not to talk. We will take care of Miss Rogers now. No, Herr Hauptmann. Don't shoot her. The shot might be heard. Please, Countess, I am not a fool. I do not intend to shoot her. There are other, better ways. No! What are you going to do? Stay away! Don't touch me! Scream all you want. This room is soundproof. Stand still, you hellcat. Mueller, stop her. Head her off. No, let me go. Take your hands off me. Now, hand me that silk scarf, Mueller. Around her neck, like so. It'll be quick and practically painless. Now, where is...
Let that woman go, you Nazi dog. Inspector Collins? It's the police, I said. Let her go, now. Police, ah, my gun. That's one Nazi agent that the government won't need to hang. Round up the other two men. Anne, are you all right? Anne, Anne. Let me through. Let me through. Annie, are you all right, sweet pea? Yes, Sprightly. I'm all right. Thank goodness. Oh! Here, stand back, everybody. Give her room to breathe. She fainted. Sprightly, will you please stop typing a minute so I can find out exactly what happened? Now, you say Von Kalb died, Anne. Yes, he died on the way to the hospital. I... I'm almost glad. Now he won't be able to get in touch with his Nazi colleagues in Germany and tell them anything about Doug. If Doug really is in a prison camp, he might have been lying to you. I hope so. Then, you got my message, Sprightly? Yes, of course. Message? Anne sent you a message, Sprightly? Yes, in the column they forced her to dictate. It was divided into paragraphs. The moment I heard that, I knew that something was up. Anne and I have worked together too long for any such nonsense. She never says paragraph to me in her dictation, or period, or comma, or anything else like that. I don't need that kind of guidance, and Anne knows it. And then, when I saw the title... Title? The Initial Problem of Post-War Germany. Initial. Get it? Uh, frankly, no. Ugh. Why, the initial letters of each paragraph. They spelled out the name of the hotel and the room number. See? Oh, an acrostic. No, copper. Just a sort of puzzle code. And good thing that you were able to figure it out, too. Or I'd probably have been finding myself in the unwelcome spot of having to make people believe that Hitler and his buddies were alone responsible for this war we're in, and that the German generals were just a bunch of nice, misguided kids. Ha! Huh. But Sprightly, what made you suspect the Countess in the first place? She acted normal on the candy thing, but she fell for my Todd question. So the minute she left, Mr. Graham and I went to work to decode that message. But the real payoff was her shoes. Shoes? Well, she came in here wearing a brand new pair of shoes. But Anne might have done the exact same thing. No siree. It's unpatriotic to buy new shoes during wartime unless it's absolutely necessary. Plus, Anne is a cheapskate when it comes to shoes. She won't buy a new pair of shoes until the sole is practically fallen out of her old ones. When the Führer says, we is the master race, we hire, hire, right in the Führer's space, not to love the Führer, is a great disgrace, so we hire, 
I'll ride in the pure space. When her Gerbil says, we own the world in space, we I'll ride in her Gerbil space. When her Gerring says, they'll never bomb this place, we I'll ride in her Gerring space. Are we not the Superman? Aryan pure Superman. Yeah, we are the Superman. Super duper Superman. Is this Nazi land so good? Would you leave it if you could? Yeah, this Nazi land is good. We would leave it if we could. We bring the world new order. I'll hit this world new order. Everyone of foreign race will love the pure space when we bring to the world disorder. When the Führer says, he is the master race, we heil, heil, right in the Führer space, not to love the Führer is a great disgrace, so we heil, heil, right in the Führer space. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of Double Trouble, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on Sunday, November 14th, 1943. Our cast in this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Anne Rogers and Countess Maria von Hohenstalen. Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Jerry Kokich as General Hauptmann Eric von Kalb and Editor Graham, Dan Ware as Hank Miller, Christian Newhouse as Inspector Collins, and Logan Smith as your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. All sound effects are from freesound.org. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us on there also. Finally... If you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. 
we invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theatre.